This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plushcare plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Blood. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. American Glutton is brought to you by Trifecta. Benjamin Franklin said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And he couldn't be more right. One of the biggest issues I've had in dieting over the past decade has been, I didn't do enough diligent meal prep. I didn't have what I needed to hand when I needed it. As soon as I got that straightened out, it all went better. And I gotta tell you, the biggest boon to meal prep I've had has been trifecta. They have what I need, when I need it, ready to go. It's here, it's in my fridge. I don't have to think about anything. I know when to eat, I know the amount. Boom, done. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Trifecta has literally changed my life. Go to trifectanutrition.com slash American Glutton where new customers can save up to 40%. Again, that's trifectanutrition.com slash American Glutton. Paige Dorian Productions, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you, Ethan, and thank you for having me. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, dude. Happy New Year. We are here. We're here and we're ready for action. We're making resolutions. Stuff is great. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, we've all made a resolution by now and it is time to put 
words into action. It's time to implement that resolution. How was your holiday? Oh, it was really nice. It was different this year. I had um, just kind of less. I usually do a lot of big social things, lots of family, lots of friends, but for a few different reasons, just had smaller gatherings and in fact, sometimes just my husband and I, which was a little different, but it was nice. Yeah, it was really good. And actually, I feel like, um, you know, Christmas being on the weekend and New Year's being on the weekend sort of, I never felt super off in terms of schedule and having a hard time, you know, getting going again. It's kind of nice when we're back in the beginning of the week, you know? Did you do that thing that I always do, which is um, decide in like late November what your resolution is going to be and then make it compoundedly more uh, work than you would have had had you started in November? I'm sad to say I did a version of that. Yeah. And I should know better. It is. It's like, you know, I've tried to remember what you have said so many times before about you know, just being specific and having true plans. Like it isn't enough to just go, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in next year. You know, I'm being general about what that is. Right. But it's like, oh, I'm going I'm to lose weight this year. Like you have to, you know, be specific. And that's what I'm hoping you'll share today. But it's like, I tried to do that, you know, and I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't get specifics. And now here yeah. I am like, okay, I got to, you know, make progress on my goals, which not aren't necessarily that exact thing, you know, but so how, how, what about you? I, it wasn't that bad. You know, the, there, there were a couple instances where, um, Brandy had a, a work party at our house and, you know, it wasn't like a sit down meal, but she did a, the entire table, which we have a very large dining room table is covered from every, square inch of it is covered with something tasty, fancy breads and meats and cheeses and, uh, nothing really high protein, low fat and low carbs. Uh, (laughs) you know, like I, 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 my one request to all my kids and my wife who went to the grocery store multiple times in the three days leading up to this party was, can somebody get me, uh, some, zero fat Greek yogurt. And so I just assumed that there was zero fat Greek yogurt in the refrigerator. And I did really well at this party. You know, I I had a piece of the jalapeno fresh sourdough bread, which was fantastic. And then I was Mm. like, that's what I'm having. That's it. I'm not going to graze at this table for the next five hours. And people came and didn't eat nearly enough of this food. So there was so much still there, or we just provided uh, far too much of a cornucopia of abundance. Right. And, um, <laughs> so then the people leave and I'm starving at this point. And I'm thinking, you know, when you get your mind set on something, you're like, the thing that solves this kind of hunger is my Greek yogurt. If I have one or two of those, I'm going to be great. And I went and nobody had gotten this Greek yogurt. And so like, I don't, I'm not, you know, it's one of those stupid things where you're like, I told every single person, four different people went to the grocery store. I told all of them (laughs) and everybody said, yeah, I'll get that. Right. But Mm -hmm. that's not, I I didn't check to make sure. I just assumed it was there. There's usually, that's usually in there. It wasn't in there. And then 
my willpower evaporated in that moment. <laughs> and, and I decided, you know, and my smart brain was like, do work. Work will get you not feeling hungry. And what's the work? Clean up this food. And mm. part of cleaning up was tasting everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, does this need <laughs> yeah. to be saved or is this to be thrown away? Well, I should check. And if yeah. I'll make that determination after I check. And the way to check is to put it in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Is this fresh? Is this Right. Will this last? How's this going to taste tomorrow for one of the four children I'm going to force this on or my son-in-law or my granddaughter who, who's not really eating stuff like that yet? But, you know, she could still have a carrot stick that she gnaws and sucks on. Um so maybe I'll save those for her, but I didn't. I didn't test the carrot sticks. Those just got saved. Yeah, because that's not fun to test. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I would. I would say my version of that was, you know how uh, you get, um, you know, there's like gift baskets that people send of snacks, cookies, candy, things like that. And I had not been in my office. Um, I've been traveling a bunch had been traveling a bunch in December. So I went in um, the few days leading up to Christmas. I stopped in to check mail, drop a few things off, et cetera. And I had a giant basket waiting of like, you know, it's crackers and weird cheese that doesn't have to be refrigerated (laughs) and like that kind of stuff. I had another box of like every sees candy known to man and, you know, just this, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I, I, I actually cannot... I mean, I definitely dipped into it as soon as I got to the office, but then I was like, I cannot bring this home. I can't have this because I will eat it. It doesn't matter if I, you know, know that I'm starting uh, to get tightened up after crisp. It's just, it's, yeah, that was my version was like, well, I should try this strange cheese spread. Don't, is, is there something also that, do you experience some guilt? Like this person bought me this. Oh yeah, you know and I can't it's throw rude food to away. not try it. That's right. I I don't have that with booze. Like people br- bring booze. People brought booze to this party, and there are booze. There's booze here anyways, and it's not. It's just not something that it's. It's so cut and dry that that's not on the table. There's no tasting mm-hmm. that right, um, right for me. And so when people bring it, I'm never like I'm sorry. Uh, or, or there's no part of me that's like, well, I have to sniff this wine or do whatever people do with wine, right? Decant it and like gargle it. However, people, <laughs> I just that, that's just not on the table. But yet with food, like a guy baked a, a loaf of bread, and mm-hmm. while he was here, he was showing me like this is fresh baked, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really eating that. And then he left, and I was like. I should eat that because it's polite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wh- yeah. I didn't do it while he was here. It's so weird. I know. I know. Well, it's a listen for me anyway. And I know I've heard people say this. It's like the, you know, the reason we'll come up with reasons to do the thing yeah. we want to do. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's very concerning. My Aunt Candy bakes cookies every year for my entire life and sends a big tin of cookies. And there have definitely been years where I've been like, these are utterly off limits. And then this year, I really started to feel guilt, like I'm dishonoring Aunt Candy by not <laughs> eating these cookies, right? And after last night, or not last night, this was a week ago or two weeks ago, I, I don't know, whenever it was after that, I, um, I'm really, I really was like, I got to get my act together a little bit. 
So it wasn't so bad. My holiday was not so bad. There is a, there is a thing that I've talked to people about recently that I've also been thinking a lot about, which is the, the perception of effort being basically just as hard, whether you are like, if, if your if your perception is that you're sticking to a diet, I guess it depends on how hard the diet is, right? Like if you're in a severe caloric deficit, like Mm -hmm. you're eating 800 to 1,000 calories a day and somehow, you know, somebody's sneaking sugar packets, flavorless sugar packets into your water and you're actually getting 2,000 calories a day. I don't know. That would be an interesting experiment. But I do know that when, when I perceive that I'm dieting, but I'm tasting my kid's food and not counting it and not losing weight. So I'm tasting enough of it that it's stalling my weight loss. I've still Mm -hmm. experienced the stress of dieting and that sucks when, when, when you, when you have been resisting doing something for a long time to no effect, Mm. um, it's just a brutal situation to be in. And I, I experienced that a little bit. Like I can pinpoint nights like, well, then that party happened and then I cleaned up and was eating half the shit I was putting away. And that was a disaster because I wound up having a meal. But the the problem is I didn't like sit down and enjoy a meal, right? Because yeah. I was I was stopping myself every time I'd taste something and then I'd take a second bite and then I'd go, I can't have a third. And so there's there's this boundary built up of I'm I'm stopping myself and and having to do that constantly builds up and it's still like well now I now I haven't lost weight I've blown today and I still am experiencing what I would have experienced had I dieted all of the <laughs> crap of like restraint whatever stress is built into restraint I'm experiencing that too and I failed. So right. that can be really, really tricky. Yeah. And you were so in terms of effort, are you saying that, yeah, you put in all this effort to dieting and then to be loose, right? Like whether it's that one meal or that one standing up in the kitchen, putting stuff away and snacking enough that it equals a meal or whatever. Are you saying like, yeah, you put all that effort in and it was kind of for nothing? Yeah, because right. Like, and I can be a very, um, like on or off a program guy and I understand what that, that is. And then I know that like now for me, uh, maintenance is, is very much experiencing moderation. And so like I can get away with tasting my kid's food and having a bite of something here or there and, the amount of um, effort is less certainly than if I consider that I'm dieting and trying to lose weight. It, it is a bit psychological, but like that kind of psychological mindset pr- produces hormones in the body. Like you will produce stress hormones that will make you more hungry, right? And so then you're not even getting the reward of having eaten. Because you're still kind of hungry. Anyway, it's this big confounding thing where it it, it really does lead me back to what what I believe works for me, which is either 
on a program very strictly or not. Mm -hmm. And, and it took quite a few years for me to get into the, like, I'm maintaining my weight in a sane and rational way that doesn't feel like quite as much effort as doing a diet. Does that, does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. Do you miss bread? The first time I had bread taken away from me, I was a little kid and I was, I was an overweight kid. And my mom, one of the first things she did was remove and excise bread from my diet. This was terrifically upsetting. And then it caused me as an adult, every time I started a diet, bread was the first thing to go. And it's the thing I miss the most. Do you miss bread? I miss bread. I miss sandwiches. I miss French toast. I miss toast. I miss bread. And I don't have to miss bread anymore because I discovered hero bread. Hero bread is low calorie, low carbs, zero sugar, an excellent source of fiber and 100% tasty. I can have sandwiches. I can have French toast. I can have avocado toast. I can have all the things that I have been missing for so long and it doesn't mess with my diet at all. It's in fact an integral part of my diet now. You can eat bread. It's back. Bread is back, baby. For thousands of years, people have been turning to bread as a source of sustenance. And now it's considered some awful, terrible thing. Hero bread has less than half the calories of regular bread. And they don't stop with big, fluffy, white, delicious, low-cal bread. They also have seeded breads and buns, hot dog buns, hamburger buns, tortillas. And it's all delicious. I make sandwiches. I make burritos. I have sausages. I have hamburgers on their buns. None of it is missing anything anymore. It's all just wonderful. I feel like a normal person when I eat Hero Bread. Be sure to check out the podcast description to use my link and use the special American Glutton listeners promo code for 10% off your first order with AG10 on Hero.co. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O. You can also find Hero on Instagram at Hero at H-E-R-O. So in terms of effort, and here we are at this, you know, this place we uh, find ourselves every year, this time that can, can um, you know, be, it can be good. It can be like a, a, a real, um, I don't know, I just think it can be the start of something good, right? This first of the year or new year, we've made resolutions. Now we're acting on them. You know, this time can be very, um, I don't know, can be inspiring. It can be filled with like energy and, you know, new enthusiasm for a weight loss plan and exercise program, et cetera. And so just speaking to what you're saying with effort, what are, you know, what do you say then to people to like, put in the proper amount of effort that it's going to take to like get that new plan off the ground or get back on the one that was working or do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yes. And so what the only conclusion I've come to is that for me, if I'm doing something and the idea is anywhere away from just maintaining my weight, right? Because maintaining your weight it kind of becomes quite a bit looser. 
and and <laughs> not not looser to the point where I'm eating McDonald's, but looser to the point where I can have a bite of a thing, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to cause something awful. And if there is a rise overnight of weight on the scale, I can recognize that that's not fat, right? That's water, yeah. right? Unless it's a unless it's a consistent rise over time, and and then I go like, oh. <laughs> the wheels have somewhere come off. So for me, I think it's just diligence, right? It's not it's not allowing foods that are going to send me down a path. It's not allowing bites. It's not it's 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 being very very strict when I'm mm-hmm. trying to cut weight or lose fat or get lean. And it has to be because otherwise I just wind up doing maintenance but with the perception of having put the effort into a diet, which is so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, because um, and I, I, it's like we want to see, I want to see, we all want to see results. Like you had Dr. Nadalski on, um, who's one of our most frequent guests on American Glutton. I love that. Every time he's on, he always has such valuable information. Um, I think it's a couple of weeks ago now, and you guys were talking about um, you know, the concept of trying to lose weight quickly at first versus slowly and slow and steady wins the race, et cetera. But, and if anyone wants to hear more about that, they can listen. But that the point that he was talking about was that it just made me, re- it reminded me like when you see results right away, it's inspiring. It makes you want to keep going. And so like, I've never been able in all this time to really get to the place where I can have the bite and just be loose. Like I really do have to be strict or I'm not at all, you know? Yeah. Like. No, I think diet breaks and maintenance periods were the only workaround to that, that I've come across. Cause I, I was exactly that way for so many years. I was either on a diet and, but a lot of the diets that, well, that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about because of res- revolution resolution, sorry. And it being the the first of the year, I think I've had many years of waking up or arriving at January 1st and having everything ready to go for a crash diet. And so to Dr. Nadolsky's point, he sees some evidence that if people have a, a, a satisfactory result early on, that can give them the motivation over the long run. But the mindset has to my mindset has to be the long run, no matter mm-hmm. what. Even if I'm doing something that's a little bit less reasonable to begin with, that's a little bit faster, as long as I know that I'm going to get to a point fairly quickly that this is going to slow down and it's going to take a long time, right? You know, I guess it's yeah. different if you only want to lose five pounds, then it's like, you know, do I have to take five weeks to lose this five pounds or can I lose this five pounds in two weeks? You know what I mean? Like if Mm -hmm. I work a little harder, if I double, double my efforts, maybe I get this off in two weeks and then I'm done. Okay, fine. But I think a lot of people who have had, um, real monumental failures with dieting, um, have also like me. And the only reason I say this is because it was my experience gone into something going, I'm going to lose 40 pounds and then I'll feel better. Right. Yeah. And then maybe I'll lose another 40 
but I always, it would always be the same 40. Mm -hmm. I'd lose the 40. I'd gain the 40 back. I'd lose the 40. I'd gain the 40 back. And so then I have years of perceived effort with no result, right? A lot of hard work and nothing to show for it. And so that's why I think I have to be very strict. And and if I'm going to do something a little bit more extreme, I'm going to do it with the idea that I don't get to where I want to be doing this extreme thing. Because it would be like trying to sprint at a marathon. Mm. No, no human being can do that. You can't go as hard and as fast as you can for that long. That's why it's called a marathon. Like there's something about it being so long and such like an arduous task that if you go flat out at a hundred percent, you'll never get to the finish line, Right. you know? And then if every time you start, you go flat out at a hundred percent, you, you might have to do every marathon and you'll eventually just realize like, well, I can't win at this, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. so for me, it's, it's, understanding the duration is greater than this immediate burst in the beginning and like trying to be really honest about that because I am able to convince myself of all manner of insane things, right? Like because there was no Greek yogurt in my fridge, I'm then eating at the buffet and there's plenty of other food in my fridge. And then there's, you know, there's lots Mm -hmm. of prepared stuff that I could have heated in two minutes, but instead I walked over and, and, and in that moment, I was convinced that that was the right thing to do. Like, you know, even if after every bite, I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. I would forget that and have amnesia for the next bite. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I can't let the door open at all. I have to be diligent about understanding the scope of whatever task I'm after. And if I want to go hard in the beginning, I can't go so hard that it ruins the rest of the race. Right. And so what if you took it back um, a step because you have I think you have a lot of things on autopilot, you know, meal prepping and like you're just so good at all those basic things, right? But if you talk about somebody who is looking at the first of the year or has arrived here at the first of the year, like, okay, let's say they know I, I'm I'm in this to win this, you know, <laughs> somebody as Randy Jackson used to say, but like, cool, I might want some quick results right now, but it is a marathon. And so I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But like getting back to some of those um, prior steps or like things that you have to kind of, you know, there's a certain amount of getting ready. It's literally down to making sure you have enough containers in your drawer sometimes to prep, you know, two days of food or whatever your thing's going to be. So like when you get to that point where you're like, okay, here we are starting fresh January 1, like what are some of the things either you do that have worked for you or, you know, that you are aware work for others in that way? I like, I like making a plan, right? And, and that achieving adherence to that plan is my resolution, right? And so if I have some goal for the year 
or something that I want to achieve. And, and I wish I did this with, with weight loss years ago, but it would be closer to looking at what I needed to do to lose weight and making a plan for that. And then the resolution would just be adherence to that plan. I would get rid of numbers or inches because that's something that I can win at accomplishing on day one, right? Mm. Like if, if your plan is, you know, I want to go to the gym regularly, then on day one, you go to the gym on January, you know, that would be yesterday, Sunday. And, but now it's Monday, like, right. Like this is often Mm -hmm. the case where, you know, if, uh, um, I forget what year, it might've been last year or the year before when it was like January 1st was a Friday. The gym was (laughs) empty on Saturday, which is unusual, right? right? It's supposed to be packed on January 1st. So I don't imagine I didn't go to the gym yesterday because it was Sunday, but I I just don't imagine it was packed, but it should be crowded today. It's Monday, right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't have three days to wait in the new year start going to the gym and then you can be a winner at going to the gym. You know, you can achieve Mm -hmm. that immediately and you can, it's just, it's just more positive than setting this goal for like, I got to get to X by the end of the month or something like that. You can, if you want to change your diet, if you don't want to eat, you know, processed foods or something that shouldn't be so hard, you know, and it, and mm-hmm. I think that it's easy for me to say that that shouldn't be so hard. And it certainly would be harder for some people than others. But like, I think there's a path to that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm just uh, thinking. So if it was like, cool, we're going to start with these steps of going to go to the gym, going to not eat processed food, going to eat you know, protein and vegetable, whatever the person's diet choices or whatever. If you do those things regularly, consistently, is it that you can't really help but see a better outcome? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, look, obviously, there's I don't many know. It, it, to that, that's but. that's to everybody has is going to have different versions of that. But if you have some idea of how you want to change your life and Whatever the outcome is, right, from that change, that's in the future. You got a lot of work to do. So figure out what all the various different things are going to be that are going to go into achieving that work and make that the resolution. Make sticking to those things the resolution because maybe you hit some bumps in in the road and, and you can get right back to your resolution immediately. But I, I just find that having this very specific goal of like, I want to lose 20 pounds, that can be difficult. You know, if you start lifting weights and and eating a high protein diet, maybe you don't need to lose 20 pounds. Maybe you only need to lose 15. And then, you know, I had this many times where I was told by a doctor. I went in to see a doctor when I was, I was uh, riding bicycles and he looked at me and he was a, he's a very good doctor and I like him a lot. Um, and I don't want this to come off as negative because I still talk to him. Uh, Dr. Heisenga, Robert Heisenga, he was the doctor for the biggest loser. He's a very mm. big, important sports medicine doctor in Los Angeles. And 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I didn't know where I was at. This was when I was riding bicycles obsessively and I had like a resting heart rate of 35 beats a minute. But I went into his office. I was 247 pounds and he looked at me and I was like, I want to get all the tests so I know how much body fat. This was the first DEXA scan I ever did. And he said, okay, we're going to figure that out. You got a lot of weight to lose. And I was like, oh. And that bummed me out, right? Because I was, I, I didn't know what I had to lose, but he just looked at me and was like, you're 247. You got a lot of weight to lose. So I went and did the DEXA scan, went back to the way, to the doctor's room, waited for him. He came with this and looked at the scan and was like, no, this is not right. You have to do it again. Went back and did it a second time. Same result. And he was like, well, actually I was wrong. You don't have to lose weight. You're great. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, and he suggested at the time you could do some resistance training or doing a lot of cardio, but you have plenty of lean tissue, very low body fat percentage. I think at the time it was like 13% body fat, um, maybe 14%. I don't know. And he said, you don't need to lose weight. And this, I, I went through so many perspective shifts while I was in there with him. I went from him saying you got a lot of weight to lose to being like, well, fuck you, man. Like in my head, uh, <laughs> you don't know shit. Watch this to then when he said, you're done, you don't need to lose any more weight. I was like, no, that's not right. I for sure need to lose weight. You just, I basically had this idea going in that he was going to tell me to get to 220, mm. And I thought, that's what that's what I thought. I was like, I think I should be 220. He's going to tell me to be 220. And then I'll know I'm right in wanting to be 220. When he said you got a lot of weight to lose, I was like, uh, 27 pounds is not a lot of weight. So what are you talking about? You're wrong. And then when he said you have nothing to lose, I was like, well, you're wrong again because you're not saying 220. I left there with this idea that I still need to be 220. I went down below 220. I didn't feel good. None of it, like, 
it, it it's all just like a lot. Of, most of this stuff I think is in our heads and getting away from that is really important to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not always the easiest thing. Don't you agree? Like to get away from things we think about ourselves and our body and our, and do you think that a lot of it has to do with kind of a person's, I don't know, diet history or physical history? Like if you're a person who's um, maybe for much of your life, if you're a person who's struggled with weight or consistent exercise or, you know, whatever it is, if it's been an ongoing problem that you haven't been able to a hundred percent get a handle on, right? Or make a long lasting change. Don't you think that stuff just goes on in our minds more than the average person? Like you saying like, oh, it's going to be 220 and then no. And then blah, blah, like these numbers and these like milestones in our mind, like they're so, I don't know, like, I don't want to say limiting, but they're just those things that are like these fixed ways of thinking about ourselves it's hard to shake sometimes. Even if you do a diet and you feel great or you started working out and you look different, whatever it is, you're like, oh, well, I never got back to 152 and that's where I was when I, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I also think that it's very, very difficult to get away from that, especially when it's happening. You, you know, I, I, I want and try, I think, to try and be aware that whatever my view of the world is, is drastically different from everybody else's view of the world. And I can only mm. really know the world as I've experienced the world. But I can try to imagine how somebody else is experiencing the world and try to imagine had I experienced the world differently what it would be like today and try to imagine if there's another p point of view I could take about myself that mm. would be more beneficial to my pursuits. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I also like sometimes trying to uncloud my pursuits, these ideas of what I want, because there's oftentimes where it's like, I'm going to work to earn money. Is that really the only reason I'm going to work? Is there any part of my job that isn't strictly about that? And and again, I'm an actor. So like I'm I have a job that a lot of people want to have. It's it's a a very I think our union has the highest rate of unemployment, which just tells me that there's so many people that want to do this and so little available work. And so mm. every time I'm working, there is part of me that's going like, I am lucky to be here. So even in, in just in that sense, I don't want to consider that it's purely a financial transaction, right? I am here to make X dollars and that's the reason that I'm here. And I'll put whatever effort into it that gets me to continue doing this. No, I want to, I want to strip it away. And so like with weight loss, it was very helpful to me to really examine my life and spot all the reasons that I wanted to lose weight. Like what would losing weight facilitate? Is it going to take the pressure off of my knees? Right? Because it wasn't every day that I was walking around wanting to lose weight so that my knees didn't hurt less. That was not a prevalent thought. Um, th but, th but then when I broke it down into all of its component parts, that's a, a, a relatively valid part, right? Like my knees and feet hurt much more back then than they do now. 
And mm-hmm. there's something about being that big and, 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 and even to today having loose skin when I stand up and the way my pants fit, they're relatively comfortable. When I sit down, they're not. This is just something that I have to live with because the way my body shifts, it kind of expands outwards when I sit down. And I don't know if normal size or average size who are no longer average, but right, because we're mm. the majority of us are larger. What was average when I was a kid, if um, those normal size people, I don't know if that's their experience, but I don't ever hear about them talking about it. Like, gosh, my pants become uncomfortable when I sit down. And so like that hasn't totally gone away, but it's so much less than it was. It used to be that like my belt was trying to suffocate my lower half when I would sit down and I would get these insanely dark red rings around my body, but it wouldn't happen if I stood all day because Mm -hmm. they fit differently and I put them on standing. I don't put them on sitting down. If I put them on sitting down, they would just fall down when I stood up, right? Because my circumference was so much larger seated than it was standing. And even today, my circumference is larger seated than it is standing. And so like I've reduced that by a lot. It's a lot better. I don't get those nasty, welty red rings around my waist anymore, but I still will sit down in pants and be like, these are not super comfy while I'm sitting down. And so it's just like identifying all that little stuff where it's not just this abstract idea of life will be better when I lose weight. Why? Why will life be better? What, what is the minutia that will make life better for me when I lose weight? Because if it's just that like my mom wanted me to lose weight, that reason doesn't get me very far. You know, my dad Mm -hmm. wants me to lose weight. The doctor told me to lose weight. You know, God forbid I ever made it through a whole course of antibiotics. You know, by the time I'm not sick anymore, I'm tending to not, I forget to take them, right? Because it's like, yeah, when I'm dying and I've got a fever of 102 and I can't swallow, I want to get better. So yes, I'm going to be diligent. Every six to eight hours, I'm taking this antibiotic. Three days later, when it's like, no, you got to finish these out for a week. I I don't care anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and that's my one bit of worry also with lose weight rapidly, because if the goal is just the number because your mom said or y- y- you think some girl is going to like you more once you lose weight or something like this, once you get into the groove and you start to have results, it was also my experience that it would be easier to go like, well, I'm, I'm flying along now. I can get less strict, right? Mm-hmm. And I found for me, less strict has been disastrous. Yeah, that, me too. Thousand percent. I so understand that. I really like this reminder of what things will be different in your life, in your daily experience if you lose weight, if you're exercising, if you're reaching toward and trying to achieve a a physical goal. Because there are so many things like that. Like 
just for me, when I'm on the upside of my range, (laughs) my jeans are tighter. And yes, I can zip them and I'm running around and doing things, but then I go to sit down or it's the end of the day after wearing them all day. And I'm like, oh my God, like when I get home and all I want to do is put on sweats, I know something's wrong. Like it's just wrong when my daily clothes are uncomfortable, you know? So like, wow, that's an amazing reminder. I won't feel like that, you know, or just energy. Like I don't, that's another one. It's like, I forget when I'm eating well and get exercising, like that feeling of, I don't know, just not being as tired during the day, getting more done during the day, wanting to, you know, just waking up feeling fresher for me. Uh, when I eat, sugar and stuff like that. I wake up with the biggest puffy um, bags under my eyes, like that you can't, they barely go away by the end of the day. And I know it's because I ate something that gives me that reaction, you know, whatever it is. So that's such a good reminder, all those like sub results or, you know, I don't know, not even sub, they're just parts of your daily existence that would be better. Yeah. More comfortable. Exercise is a really bizarre one because I never really want to go to the gym. I always feel better after I go to the gym and my, my sleep suffers if I don't go to the gym and, and I am, I am the embodiment of sloth. I am the embodiment of apathy. I, I was in Montana doing a movie and just recently And I arrived, it was like 45 degrees. I had a t-shirt on. I was like killing it. I was like, this isn't so cold. (laughs) And um, I went to sleep and woke up to two feet of snow and it was like 14 degrees. And I was just like, I'm not a snow person. I have flat feet. Like I, I read that flat feet, people don't like to slip because we have balance issues, like whatever. I I don't know if that's true, but it resonated with me. I don't like to slip and I Mm -hmm. have terrible balance and I don't like the snow. And like, I still have this fear, you know, when I was 550 pounds, the idea of falling down, I thought I could break something because it's a lot of weight falling on top of you and your bones. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now I'm scared to fall down a little bit. Like I will be extra precautious so I don't slip and fall. But but every time I've fallen at this size, it's like kind of no big deal. And I still don't want to fall down. Anyway, I would go to the gym and then go back to my apartment in this Airbnb I was staying at. And I would not move. Because, you know, I arrived and at 45 degrees, I was like, I'm going to go to Yellowstone. I'm going to go on all these hikes. I'm going to be outside a lot. And I did nothing. I And it would have been so easy for me to wake up on my days off and not leave the house and sit and watch TV all day. So I would always go to the gym. But I realized like I, my sleep started to suffer. So I started going to the gym twice because when I looked at my you know, your phone tracks how much you move around. And I was just not moving. And, and so my body was less tired and, or whatever, whatever exercise. And I, and I don't mean forced exercise, like at a gym, whatever the, the moving and the getting your body out there and doing stuff, it has an effect on my sleep. If I am inert, 
I don't sleep well because I think my body's like, dude, we've been resting all day. We don't need to sleep like that. And then the next day I feel like shit because I didn't sleep. And so I started just to get my movement back to what it is in my normal life, which has no snow in the forecast for at least a million years. I would have to go to the gym and do a second cardio session just so that my body was like, yeah, okay, this is the level that we're used to moving throughout a normal day. Mm -hmm. Um, so exercise, that's, that's one of them. Like I would never, I would never have thought I'm going to the gym so that I sleep well, you know, but it's one of those like ancillary benefits for me. I don't know that that's going to be true for everyone, but you, you don't always know, you know, like mm-hmm. I can rush to a plane now that would that would have been unthinkable at 550 pounds and I still don't want to do it, but it's okay if it happens every now and again. And being able to run through an airport to catch a plane is is great. I didn't mm-hmm. lose weight thinking one day I'll need to run to a plane, but when I did run to a plane to catch a plane. I was happy that I'd lost weight. You know, there's lots, but you can investigate your life and find out, like, I have this nagging feeling of wanting to lose weight. I think I should lose weight. Why? Let's get real specific. Why do you want to do that? What's going to improve? Okay. There's all your goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fuck the number and yeah. create a life and uh, that will facilitate that. Mm-hmm. God, I love that so, so much. It's true. And I think this time of year, you know, we're in this, um, I mean, our, our, I don't know how it is around the rest of the world, but in the United States, it is all about first of the year, lose weight, this plan, this diet thing, this workout plan, buy this DVD. Well, we don't have DVDs anymore. Buy this whatever, you know, bike thing. It's just crazy this this time in the US, which I mean, I get it. It is a problem and it's something that we always are addressing, but it's so focused on those things, lose pounds or go to the gym. So everything you're saying of these, like, I don't even want to call them, I guess, ancillary benefits or whatnot, but just these like changes in, yeah, just all these extra benefits. That's the words, just benefits of doing those consistent things. Yeah. I think it becomes harder too, because I so didn't want to confront my weight. My weight for the longest time was something that I was, um, keeping locked away in a part of my mind that I would just shut out. Right. And if somebody brought my attention to it, I would try to, I would get bummed out, but I would try very quickly, whether through substances or distractions or whatever to get my mind off it is and then not think about it as much as possible. Um, Once you start really examining it and you start going like, what are all the pros and cons? For me, there were zero pros and, and there's absolutely not one pro to being 550 life, 550 pounds for me. I'm not saying that my values have to be anybody else's values. And I'm not putting that value on anybody else. I'm saying for me, weighing that much had zero benefits. When you get down to like 350, I could start to make some arguments about work 
but still the pros for being cl- my weight now outweigh the pros of whatever playing a fat guy in a movie could get me. I've done, I've played a fat guy in a movie. How many, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you start to get really specific with, if you have this idea, like weight loss would be good. Okay. Why? Because for me, for, for a long time, weight loss would be good. It's like, okay, I failed. I failed at that thing that could be good, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I didn't really take the time to know why it's going to be good. I didn't list out all of the effects of goodness that it would have on me. When I started to do that, it became harder and harder for me to not succeed. Not succeeding had higher and higher stakes, when it was, you know, I'll live longer, I'll have, uh, I'll be able to take my wife to museums, I will fit in a airplane seat, I, w- I will be more comfortable. And then like be more comfortable is even generally, specifically, how am I going to be more comfortable? Well, it won't be so hard to breathe. It won't be so hard to walk up a flight of stairs. My, my lower back won't hurt as much. My knees won't hurt as much, right? You can get super specific with however this is true for you, write it all down, and then that list of paper is going to haunt you, I think, or it haunted me more than just this idea of like losing 50 pounds would be a good idea. I'd probably Mm -hmm. be happier, right? I'd probably be happier, but then I'd probably be happier if I ate a Big Mac can beat. I'd probably be happier if I lost weight any day of the week because they're both this thing of like I'd probably be happier. Right. It's not this very specific thing that I've that I know to be true, that I've taken the time to investigate within this dark region of my mind that I've been blocking out for so long. And then I think those things and thinking about it in that way has been super helpful to me to like, no, no, I I have a granddaughter now. And even like even with my I mean, she probably weighs 12 pounds or I I actually have no idea what she weighs, but I will tell you this from sitting on the floor, holding her and trying to maintain her in a, in a neutral position while standing up, right? Not using a hand to help me up. It's shockingly hard. And, (laughs) and the whole time I'm going, I weighed hundreds of times more than her and still had to figure out how to get up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And do you, <laughs> um, and do you think there is something to the physical action of writing, like of writing something down versus having this all in our mind, you know, or I do what? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. For me, it, I can, I can bully out any position in my head and rationalize a counter argument to it. Once I write it down, it's now not in my head. It's somewhere else. It's objectively that idea, whether I decide later that it's right or wrong, it's objectively out in the world. I've taken that idea and placed it physically outside of myself. And now it's harder to beat that idea. That's, that's yeah. the way I think about that. Yeah. Yeah. There a hundred percent, especially also, I don't know. I just think with prepping stuff, with making plans for your gym activity with like, it's just, it's, I don't know, there is something concrete about it versus it being kind of, um, 
nebulous anyway for me in my mind. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll do that. But it's just something about writing it down that I find. Yeah, I I found that getting objective metrics on these things, like the energy content and food. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. was very, very valuable. And I wrote it all down for a long time until I discovered apps, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Lane Norton, who's also one of our favorite guests, uh, has this app called carbon, which is my favorite of the apps. And so, but, but I, but I want to say that I'm glad that when I began to really track how much food I was consuming, that I did it freehand at first, but then once I, once I've discovered his app, I'd been doing it for a while and it makes it life so much easier, right? Because yeah. it's doing all the math for you and, and all of that. But I think there's that I have the tendency to be able to eyeball stuff in a way that, um, benefits the stuff unfavorably, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like eyeballing a tablespoon, even if it's light mayonnaise, eyeballing a tablespoon of light mayonnaise has, was very different than measuring it out. And Mm -hmm. so measuring it out has proven to me that it's a lot less like, or olive oil. I used to, Brandy used to say, like, you put a quarter of a cup of olive oil on your salad. And I'd go, no way. That was a tablespoon. (laughs) And she'd say, how many glugs did the bottle make while you were pouring that out? And I'd go two or three, but like, and she'd go, you, you don't get a glug in a tablespoon or if you do, it's (laughs) one glug. Right. And I'd be like, no, that's bullshit. The minute I started measuring a tablespoon of olive oil, it's nothing. It's It's nothing. nothing. (laughs) No, I could easily have a quarter cup or half a cup of olive oil. And I say that now and I feel nauseous because a half a cup of oil is a lot of oil. But like really taking that out of my head and putting it on paper or into an app is helpful Mm -hmm. to me because, you know, I can forget about that tablespoon of olive oil. Right. And and it's just somewhere lost in my head. And and I'm not always on my own side in this. I can turn on myself. Um and so getting that 
data, whatever it is, out of my head into an app or onto paper, I think for myself has been very beneficial. Yeah, I hear you on that. Okay, so let's end this episode with give me one goal you have for next year that you're starting to be resolute about. And it doesn't even have to be physical if you don't want, but tell me something that you're aiming toward. Well, let's just that moment of total honesty. It's not physical at all. It's it's that I'm going to uh, Toronto to work for some months and I don't want to be as um, slothful and apathetic towards life as I was in Montana. Mm. I don't know how successful at that I'll be, but I'm trying to make a decision to you know, outside of work, because sometimes I'll work, you know, 14 hour a day. And if, if that's the case, I, that's fine. That day, I don't have to do this. But on days that I find myself having a very short day or no work, that I want to walk outside for some period of time, um, you know, breathing fresh air and moving through space and time and getting some movement into my body. So I guess it is physical also, but it's just... Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at your phone and you've moved like 300 steps, that's fucking depressing. That really (laughs) depressed the shit out of me. Right. And it's like, okay, it's four degrees outside, but you couldn't have moved around in this apartment. You couldn't have figured out some way of of moving more than 300 steps when you were doing, you were averaging 10,000 before in real life. You're now down to 300. That's Mm -hmm. awful. You know, right. so that right. uh, that's my thing is I want to, you know, and I'm a, I'm a little bit like freaked out just about being, I don't like the snow and the cold and I'm going to go be in the city for a long time. That's really cold and snowy. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I guarantee you with that as your goal, when you get there, you're going to scope out your neighborhood. You're going to scope out what's around you and figure out how you're going to move. You know what I mean? Like if it's that you're going to walk to get a coffee and you're going to take this walk at that time and so on and so forth. I don't know. You could wind up doing something in front of your TV too, if it's like super freezing out, but no, um, I have listed out all the reasons I want this. And so it is going to be harder for me to be a slovenly, slothful, apathetic (laughs) pile of garbage in my, you know, I I don't even know where I'm staying there, hotel or apartment or whatever it is. Yeah. To be determined. Okay. Okay, well, 2023, here we are, and here we go, right? Yeah. I wish you all Love good luck it. in your pursuits, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Jim. Hi, Jim. Jim says, Ethan, have you used a CGM, continuous glucose monitor in your weight journey? If so, can you tell me how you used it and if it helped you? Thank you for doing your podcast. It's very informative and motivating. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the question. I am very familiar with CGMs because I have a daughter with type 1 diabetes. So, and this, when they when they kind of figured this out, which was during her lifetime, this was a game changer for her because you know, um, to go from having to 
prick your fingertips. And she was doing it a lot as a little kid. We would test her. You know, I was kind of probably even overly testing her blood sugar when she was a kid um, just because I was so scared. I wanted to keep it in the range as much as possible. And she would have just the most calloused fingertips. Um, and it was really sad and awful. And so to have a continuous glucose monitor um, was really beneficial to her. I don't think I don't, I, I want to be um, very polite about this. You know, like, is it, would it be interesting to see how my blood sugar reacted to the various foods that I ate? Sure. Maybe I'll tell you something that I found interesting with her was that she would get a spike of blood sugar when she drank whey protein. Shouldn't happen, but she did. She always got a spike of blood sugar when she drank whey protein. So would it be interesting to see if I got a spike of if my blood sugar went up and then down from whey protein, maybe does that change whether I'm having whey protein and water or not? No, not at all. It's not going to affect that one way or the other. Um, if you have insulin resistant type two diabetes and you're, I, I don't see the benefit in it at all, to be honest with you. There's so much. You can find some study that backs up just about anything. You can you can have the, the carnivore people showing you studies that just eating meat is helpful in a way. And you can have the the diabetic doctor showing you that just eating carbs or having a mostly carb diet is beneficial. There is actually way more evidence in the scientific community to show that the people who are eating uh, high carbs and vegetarian diets have better health markers than the other people. The thing that will get you the biggest bang for your buck as far as health goes, is weight loss. And how your body's blood sugar, unless you are diabetic and your blood sugar is swinging way out of control and you need supplemental insulin to get the sugar into the blood cells so that your body can use that energy, it's it doesn't matter. If you, if you are eating... If you are consuming less energy than your body requires to function, you will lose weight and that will give you a bigger bang for your buck. So eat Twinkies. Just don't eat so many that you get fat, right? Eat just shy of gaining weight and you will actually be healthier by losing weight. Even if you're eating that, your blood sugar is going to look like shit. You're going to eat the Twinkie. It's going to spike and then it's going to crash. But won't matter if you're only eating enough of them to not quite give you the energy you need because you'll lose weight. And that's going to give you a bigger health benefit than eating foods that don't give you that spike. That's how I feel about that. So I, by the way, I think eating Twinkies is the dumbest idea ever and you'd feel like garbage. And so I don't recommend that at all. 
But the point is, like, I think the best diet is moderation. So if there's a bunch of stuff you like, you can recognize that monosodium glutamate makes food taste better. And so by eating that stuff with that in it, you may have the urge to eat more of it because it's more delicious. And it, and there's also maybe some evidence that it um, masks the feeling of satiety. So you're eating Doritos. They have MSG in them and they're delicious and they've got these flavor enhancers in them. And where your bodies would normally start going like we've had enough, it's not doing that, right? So maybe, so don't eat those. That's fine. Um, I find that whole foods make me feel good, fill me up. And if I shave off a little bit of them, right, not food, not macro categories like carbohydrates or fats, I, you, you must have some fats, but if I shave off just a little bit off the total, I don't feel so bad. It's not like one of these crash diets and I'll lose weight. And that is what I think is the best thing to do. I think people who want to lose weight, getting on glucose monitors, it's snake oil. That's what I think. Okay. Thank you for your question, Jim. If you have a question out there, anyone that you'd like Ethan to answer, you can send it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.